Hey guys, thanks for joining us here at ID Sports. Four weeks of NFL football means four weeks of disappointments. We are bringing our top four disappointments of the 2020 season thus far. Thank you for joining us at ID Sports. Steve, we could have many more than this. These are just our personal top four disappointments oh yeah let's have some fun let's crap on some people let's do it my first of my four disappointments of the season is a very complex disappointment it is everything involving the colts backfield now Uh... let's talk about how they were drafted marlon mack was always going to be the guy he was going to be the guy on the first down and on second down maybe a couple third downs naeem hines was always the pass catcher these things were set in stone until Jonathan Taylor was drafted in this offseason. He had been being taken way too high in preseason drafts. Lo and behold, week one, what happens? Marlon Mack goes down, tears his Achilles. He is out for this season. So you, me, and the rest of the fantasy world reads a big sigh of relief. Okay, now at least we know what's going to happen. Jonathan Taylor is going to get the ball. Right, Steve? Right. Well, wrong. Uh-huh. Week two, 26 carries, 101 yards, one rushing touchdown. Okay, I'm all about it. We're all trusting Jonathan Taylor. What could go wrong? Colts are pretty good. Well, Uh since then, two games, 32 touches, 141 total yards, and only one touchdown. I don't get it. This is frustrating. Well, I mean, one of the games was against the Bears. I mean, let's... Let's be fair because the Bears are a pretty decent run defense. If I was to say who would be the biggest disappointment, I would have to say Naeem Hines. Okay, so that is where I'm going next because I'm not done yet, Steve. I'm not done yet. Okay, okay. Colts are injured. Paris Campbell's out. Mike Pittman's out. Both long-term injuries. So that would make you think, hey, let's rely on the run game. Not going to happen now. Naeem Hines is another story in and of himself because after that explosive week one, Everyone mm-hmm. said he was the number one waiver pickup. He's going to be the guy. It's not Jonathan Taylor. We're confused. We don't know fantasy football. We want to trust Naeem Hines like Bob has been doing for the last three years, and it's not been paying off, but that makes the situation <laughs> for me even worse. He's the majority pass catcher, and then he gets all the work week one and nothing since that time. Naeem Hines was the number one uh, fab bid. Now he repaid that week two with a zero for zero for zero rushing. And one four-yard catch in week two. That's how you repeat people who spent most of their fab on a running back who they thought was going to be the guy. Since then, week three and four, seven catches, 48 yards, which sucks, and 16 carries to make it even more frustrating. Those 16 carries didn't belong to him. They belonged to Jonathan Taylor. <laughs> that is why this Colts team is one of the most frustrating. Frank Wright, get it together. Um, offensive coordinator Nick Sirianni, you need to make this right. Figure out the Colts backfield for me, for fantasy, for everyone. Uh, yeah, you got the number one offensive line in football right now. It, like, come on, use it. You can you can utilize both of these backs effectively. Just use them to their skill set. Well, apparently they apparently they they can't do that. Apparently they can't do that. I'm hopeful for Jonathan Taylor, but I'm not hopeful that this backfield system is going to get straightened out anytime soon. Colts, my number one disappointment. Steve, you're up. My number one disappointment, and you know. How many times did you hear me advocate for this team in the offseason? The Denver Broncos. You know, look at week one. And this is before the injuries because they had every opportunity to beat the Tennessee Titans. Instead, they kept shooting themselves in the foot. 
And then even in week two, even after Drew Locke went down, Jeff Driscoll was making plays against the number one pass defense in the league with the Steelers. And the Broncos still shot themselves in the foot, making too many mistakes. You know, you had Cortland Sutton, injury. Drew Locke, injury. Jerry Judy, dropping passes, but still looking like a stud, you know, fair is fair. They 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 were one of the teams that pulled a, cu- a quarterback switch, and s- they pulled a quarterback switch and s- and won. That's the most amazing thing. But they're one and three. They could easily be three and one right now before Drew Locke's return, but they're not. Absolutely. You know who would really help them? Jeriel Casey, Mark Barron, Von Miller, AJ Bouye, the entire defense <laughs> that's missing this offseason. Uh, but, but yeah, ab- absolutely disappointing. But at least they're disappointing for a reason. We know why they suck. And it's because of injury. And that happens sometimes in the NFL. I know, I know. But you, but still, I I really thought that when if Denver had it all together, I thought that they could be a frisky seven or six seed. And we're not going to see that this year. We are not going to see that. And we don't know why. Maybe they stunk anyway. Maybe they did. Who knows? Got to move on. My number two disappointment of the year is centered around Joe Mixon. But it is not the player Joe Mixon. It's people who sat Joe Mixon in week four. He was drafted <laughs> as the number one running back. He had 21 touches week one, 20 touches week two, 20 touches week three. Not where I want it to be. I want to see that 25 or higher for a bell cow, but still great usage. He had zero touchdowns and still averaged 7.9 half PPR points during that time. Not what you drafted from him, but he's not laying eggs either. Questions all last week in my Twitter inbox. Can we bench Joe Mixon? Should I sell him low? Now, let me answer those questions. No. And no, never sell low. Please stop asking me to sell low. That's not what we do. Buy low, sell high. Okay, now, week four, 25 rushes, 151 yards, two touchdowns, six catches for 30 and a touchdown. And I think to myself, this is fantastic, Steve. All these people who drafted Joe Mixon on my advice finally got paid off, only to find out that people were benching Joe Mixon in week four. And they had a, and he had a great matchup too. He had he, th- this is this was literally one of the best matchups he would have because the next three next three weeks are, are not going to be easy for Mixon. He has some tough opponents the next three weeks. But the, but you know you're playing uh, the Jaguars. You start your studs anyway. You, like you start yeah. If you chase points in fantasy football by playing, you gotta you gotta start most of your guys most weeks. If you chase points, you're going to lose points. And that's exactly what happened with Joe Mixon. Last two seasons, Mixon has gotten 1,100 yards rushing and about 300 receiving, averaging eight and a half touchdowns. You know what he's going to get. He's going to do that every year. He's not going to be much, much better. He's not going to be much, much worse. You know what his baseline is. You know what his usage is. Nothing changed on this offense except adding Joe Burrow and improving the offense. Um, What a short-sighted fantasy move to sit Joe Mixon. And if you made that choice and if you blew up my inbox with it, I'm calling you out right now. That was poor fantasy, poor judgment. My gripe week two. And and even though he has this tough stretch over the next three weeks, getting 20 touches a game, even even in those first, uh, first two losses and a tie, Getting twenty touches—that's good volume, even for even for a bell cow back. It, you know, uh, I I, I, don't I like the twenty-five mark personally. That's just me. But anyway, Steve, up to you. You got another gripe. Uh, 
Oh man, it, it, it's not a running back. And just disclaimer, um, everyone. For once, I am not talking about Ronald Jones. But hey, there we go. I will be talking about somebody else that I that I really thought would shut a lot of people up and shut haters up because the team drafted these two young, nice rookie wide receivers. They they did everything for this guy, and he's still not performing. And that's Derek Carr. We're gonna fight about this. Because because in preseason I had been I had been speaking about the advantage of Derek Carr and how he ha- could have Henry Ruggs as a receiver. Remember when I broke down the math of when he had two legitimate wide receivers with Amari Cooper and whatever his other name was, who's no longer in the league, and how Derek Carr was so good with the deep ball, and then and he's still the checkdown king. Look at week three against the Patriots. Bill Belichick takes away what you're good at. And what do you take away? The, the short throws. Darren Waller did not have his first catch until the fourth quarter. Completely shut down. But that's what Belichick does. Yeah. And, and you know, and he still and he still had talent. He just, it, it, you know, to, to, to make those longer throws, he just won't pull the trigger. So and, and now I'm at the point that even if Ruggs does come back, I'm not going to trust him with downfield plays until he could prove me otherwise. Yeah, now I love Derek Carr. I could not disagree more. I think he's a very good quarterback. I think he's had a great season so far, but I do understand what you're saying, which is that he doesn't come through in, in tight situations and he doesn't uh, he's not going to lead your team down the field with with a minute left um, to, from a come from behind win. But what he does do, he's been very good at so far this season. He has a 73.6% completion percentage, which is the best of his career. 1095 passing yards, eight touchdowns, no interceptions. Unfortunately, he has five fumbles, four fumbles lost, and I believe three of those were in the fourth quarter. These are the kind of things that are going to make people think you're worse than you are. I love Derek Carr. Um, I love Derek Carr, too. You know I love Derek Carr. He did go 32 for 44, um, 311 yards and two touchdowns against Buffalo, but his schedule has just been quite difficult so far this season. I, I, I want to know what the average depth of target is because the average depth of target will tell you everything you need to know because if his average depth of target is less than 10 yards, then it's proving my point right there. But 10, 10 yards is, is a pretty low depth of target. It's a pretty high depth of target for any quarterback. We, we had uh, Tom Brady the first four weeks was sitting around like 5.6 <laughs> yards. Um, we will check That's that out true. later, um, but let's move on. My next complaint is centered around the Dallas Cowboys. They stink. They start one and three. They lose to Seattle Rams and Browns. Their lone win was a 40 to 39 shootout in Atlanta that neither team had any, any business winning Um, 36.5 points per game against, and they've turned the ball over nine times. Their minus seven uh, turnover differential is the worst in the league. Not only is their defense giving up points, they're not taking the ball away. That is not good. They're the third highest scoring team in the league. The other top five scoring teams have a 14 and one record so far <laughs> this season. So it is definitely Dallas that's not getting it done. Um, 18 punts forced, 17 touchdowns allowed. That's not going to win you games. The Cream Puff East, they still have a chance of, of really winning the whole division. <laughs> Unfortunately, Dak, three interceptions, three fumbles. Zeke, three fumbles. Got to get better. Um, as I'm complaining about everything with the Dallas Cowboys, we got to feed Zeke. What a major disappointment. Um, it's a result of game script. 
inefficiency and the fumbles, but he has uh, 3.9 yards per attempt, 70 rushes for 237, three touchdowns, 25 for 139 in one touchdown receiving. You were supposed to be the safe running back, Ezekiel Elliott. I know the offensive line is bad. I know the defense is bad. Dallas, can we please get better in 2020? Do you do you want to know what Derek Carr is on pace for? I've heard it from three different sources. Do you want to know what he's on pace for? for Go passing for yard? it. 6,700 passing yards. That's his pace so far. Oh, oh, Dak Prescott, yes. Yeah, Dak Prescott. He is on pace to throw 6,700 uh, yards, and no quarterback has thrown more than 5,500 yards in the NFL, and he's on pace to shatter that. And they have a losing record, so it doesn't really matter. Steve? <laughs> Throw another shot. Uh, I'm, I'm throwing in a twofer here. I'm throwing in a twofer. But let me set the scene first. Tom Brady, he leaves the AFC East. And aside from Buffalo, which team in the AFC East really improved? Then you look at the NFC East. And aside from the Cowboys, who got C.D. Lamb, who's been a big hit, the, the rosters are not well-constructed or consistent. And now you have both New York teams poised for the number one pick both of them do you have two new york teams the biggest sports market in the nfl and and both of them are poised for the number one pick the only team that i'm going to kind of give a pass to is the new york giants because they lost their biggest playmaker in barkley they lost their two biggest playmakers on defense (laughs) arguably Yes, that's also true. And the Giants um, have played a significantly more difficult schedule to open up their their season. Their schedule is going to get a lot um, softer as it goes along. But the Jets have no excuse because Adam Gase has hurt this team. He's not a good coach. And I am still baffled as to why we didn't hear. I'm still baffled that they said that they're going to keep him after that (laughs) Thursday performance. Hey, because there's another performance coming up this week. Um, In a Twitter poll, 57.4% of responses said the Jets would take Trevor Lawrence with their first number one pick. I didn't put up for Giants because I think Giants are trading out of that spot if they get it because they have so many holes. They just need picks, 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 picks. I have not heard heard differently. differently. I, I, I've heard on two podcasts that that um, giant sources are considering that if they have the number one pick, they might go Trevor Simeon, uh, Trevor Lawrence, Trevor Lawrence, sorry, <laughs> Trevor Simeon. Oh, oh I know you were talking about Broncos earlier today, <laughs> but wow. All right. Now taking one last shot. And this is about a coach who went the Adam Gase route last week and got himself fired. That is Bill O'Brien. And my shot is actually not on Bill O'Brien. It's on the Houston Texan organization. Bill O'Brien has made the playoffs in four of his six years as a head coach. Um, twice he only won the he won the division with a nine to seven record, but he made the playoffs four times. He's never made it to a divisional game, however. Two back to back seasons, eleven and five and ten and six land him as the GM slash head coach. Uh, something way over his head, something he was never qualified for anyway. In his first major move, let's trade DeAndre Hopkins for David Johnson, a move he would never recover from, and that the organization should never have let him make. This week he was fired after going 0 and 4. However, my shot here is not on him. It's on the Texans organization. Now, they had a tough schedule. Their first three games, Chiefs, Ravens, Steelers. They were never going to win any of those football games in 2020. This team was a team that was going to start 0-3. They lost to the Vikings, who stink, but he was on a one-game leash. 
He basically had a one game <laughs> leash. You trade away your franchise wide receiver for running back. No one wants and you have a one game leash. Now they might have snuck a, a win in in their first three games, but those that's a tough schedule. That's the hardest schedule for any team headed into the 2020 season. And it's just hard for me to, to think of why this all happened. Um, Bill O'Brien is going to go back to Nittany. He's going to go uh, coach Penn State where he belongs. Go back fix that squad up um should not have been an nfl well we could argue maybe he could have been he's, he's not a bad head coach he just makes some bad decisions sometimes but you got to be bold and if, if the organization is saying hey bill o'brien's our guy we're gonna give him the gm rights we're gonna let him trade our best player let's see what happens don't scapegoat him four weeks later the I, organization put him in this spot to fail he failed I mean, he, uh, but also, also there, there's a lot of behind the scenes stuff, you know, there uh, uh, supposedly he had a really nasty temper that was turning players off. Also, um, also he just wanted to try too hard to be like Bill Belichick. You know, he thought, Oh, I'm a disciple of Bill Belichick. I could be Bill Belichick. Yeah. Well, guess what, Billy boy, you're only, you're only like Bill Belichick in name only. You were, you are not the same caliber of head coach as him. Now, granted, He's Last, had good seasons. He's had good seasons. It and he should be credited for those good seasons because he did get to the he he didn't get to he didn't get to the title game, but he did get to the divisional round three out of four times, I believe. It was whether two or three times. It's one of the two. Yeah. And it, but you know the fact of the matter is is after the DeAndre Hopkins trade, you had to show us that this was worth it because. <clears throat> You had two second round picks and you traded one of them for an off concussed Brandon Cooks, who, by the way, in this game against a susceptible Vikings defense, had zero catches. He didn't even have a target and he ran 40 routes. You How right. And th that may have to do with one of the other big uh, Bill O'Brien uh, pitfalls, which is um, what happened to Deshaun Watson this season? Um, we don't really know. Again, he has a tough schedule, one of the tough schedules in the league, and I expect that to get straightened out. But, uh, you know, if we're listing all Bill O'Brien's sins, then, the you know, Deshaun Watson through four weeks may have to be one of them. However, again, I'm taking a shot on the organization. He should have never been in that position, period. Agreed. They put him in a position he asked for. J just say no. Let's try it. Steve. Hey, Steve, I want to be head, I want to be head coach and GM. Hey, good luck. Say it. Say no. No. There you go. That's it. That's that's easy enough. Steve, you got one last hit before we go. Yes, I do, and this is and this is just me being petty and wanting to take a shot just to take a shot because I've been saying I've been saying don't go near this guy, don't go near this guy, and people still went near this guy, and that is AJ Green. Now it is rumored that Burrow would not contest coming to Cincinnati um, if the Bengals retained A.J. Green. Because uh, remember all those rumors. Oh, oh uh, uh, Joe Burrow wants A.J. Green. Joe Burrow wants A.J. Green. He won't contest coming, you know, because they didn't want him to pull an Eli. So the Bengals franchise-tagged A.J. Green, which was like $16 million. Way too much money. So far, so, so far this season, he has had 29 targets 
and only 14 receptions for 119 yards and, and zero touchdowns. That is incredibly horrible. Uh, dismal. He has a 13 target game with three receptions and a five target game with one receptions. However, I'm going to take a little victory lap because there was someone that I was talking an awful lot about on this team in the preseason. Yep, I actually too. named him one of my guys and yes, uh, I spent did. a whole episode talking about him. Yes, you did. And and that's who and that's let me finish my point and I'll let you finish and I'll let you go. Uh, you know, Tyler Boyd and T, and the rookie T Higgins are clearly the better receivers. Go ahead, Bob. Yeah, I mean, Tyler Boyd is the guy that's he likes slot guys. Look at Justin Jefferson, what they did together when they played together last year. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it's not, you know, people say, oh, it's coaching scheme. It's a play call tight end. Uh, sorry, slot receiver can almost be like a tight end, like a little safety blanket. Someone you're not going downfield. You're making a safe across the field play. Mm-hmm. Tyler Boyd is one of the best slot receivers in the NFL. Um, and it, it was just it was always written. That was always the way this was going to end up. Um, I don't know why you're going to bully your let your quarterback bully you into uh uh, retaining wide receivers. I mean, who was the last guy who, who the quarterback rookie quarterback bullied someone? Was that Baker Mayfield with uh, picking his offensive coordinator? How did that work out <laughs> last year? Um, to finish your point up, AJ Green, wide receiver, eighty-one on the season. Guess who number eighty-two is? Oh, it's man. someone we just talked about. <laughs> someone we just talked about, Brandon Cooks. Yeah. Wow. Back to back. Wow. Steve, final thoughts. Um, I'm really looking forward to these next few weeks. It seems like everything on the Titans have had two straight days of negative tests. So as long as that continues, they'll open up facilities next week. And, you know, uh, nobody else on the Panthers tested positive. That's why we were able to play. They were able to play last night. Let's hope things um, are sorted out. The new concu- I mean, the new COVID protocols, they're really cracking down after this week. So I'm glad to see that football is doing something unlike baseball. Thank you for joining us. This is ID Sports.